Hey, it's JD here, and before you listen to this episode, I want to let you know that there is talk of suicide and suicidal ideations. So if that's triggering for you, you might want to stay away from this episode and just listen to the song Tennessee on your own. Uh, it's a fabulous song. Thanks. This is the Berman Project. Hey, it's... Hey, it's JD here, back for another week of introspection and reflection on grief, depression, and the pathway to mental wellness, all the while nourishing my soul with the music and art of late indie rock singer-songwriter David Berman. How you doing, motherfuckers? I'm not so good. I am... couple hours removed from a psychiatrist appointment where uh, I was almost admitted to the psych ward. Um, I went into the hospital um, ready to kill myself and step away from this mortal coil and... Uh, I don't want to make it sound how highfalutin. Sorry, I shouldn't have said mortal coil. I'm just thrown off today. I'm so thrown off. I don't know what to think. I was doing all right. And then it's like Charlie Brown and Lucy. It's like every time I think I'm good, I go to kick the ball and fucking Lucy. That bastard depression just pulls the ball away and I end up on my ass or lower. And it just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem fair. And I was just ready to just have it not be anymore. It's like it's the most major pain in the ass ever. And when that thing that is the most major pain in the ass ever is being alive. Then it's, you know, how do you ignore that? How do you fucking ignore that? I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I keep falling down the trap door while I'm talking to my boss and he, you know, he's pushing the button and that boss is of course, depression and anxiety. And I'm learning so much. My daughter has ADHD and I've been diagnosed with ADHD as a, an adult man, a 45 year old. And, um, my wife did a fuck of a lot of research when Riley, uh, showed signs of ADHD and, you know, we, we talked to teachers and, um, you know, they were saying not triggering things, but but um, just alarm bells, you know, flags. And uh, Jessica did a lot of research. She did a lot of research on, on um, 
ADHD because we didn't want to go to meds if we didn't have to. Ultimately, we ended up with like a trio. We ended up with an ADHD coach, a therapist, and she is on meds. And they're similar meds to what I'm on. But one of the things that Jessica learned was that there are a lot of comorbidities with ADHD. And the biggest one is depression. And it's just interesting to me to think that maybe if I had been diagnosed, oh, and the other thing is the younger they catch it, the better. (laughs) That's the big one, right? That's the fucking big one. I just buried the headline. As my friend Pete from Spain would say. So buried the lead. That's what he would say. So it just makes me wonder if I had been diagnosed earlier in my life, if, you know, it could have been treated and I could have just avoided the last, I don't know, even know, man, like the last 35 years. I would say it started rearing its head around 15 or so. I'm going to be 50 this year. So there's that. It's pretty heavy shit, but I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it press me down in the ground and it's not right. It's not fair. Dudes, listen, I'm not the best person in the world, but I don't deserve this shit. That's how I feel. And if you're out there and you're struggling too, fucking let's commiserate. I don't know. I'm four days without booze. I did smoke a joint before doing this. I needed to. My anxiety was through the fucking roof. So that's great. (laughs) That's fucking great. Yeah. I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad to have you and to know you. Those that have reached out. Means a lot. And I'm going to do my best to get over this hump. I'm calling it a hump. It is hump day after all. And I'm planning on getting humped later on. So, 5440 or fight. I'm going to work my nuts off to climb this fucking hill and get to the top and plant a flag. And that flag says, Fuck you, depression. I saw the river playing in the valley Rushing round a bend and skipping stones I saw the meadow wobble in the moonlight 
I've come to get my girl and take her home Her doorbell plays a bar of Stephen Foster Her sister never left and look what it cost her We're gonna live in Nashville and I'll make a career Out of writing sad songs and getting paid by the tear Marry me and leave Kentucky Come to Tennessee But you're the only Tennessee You're the only Tennessee I've looked through offices and honky-tonks For man, man enough to be rock died when the first kid said punk's not dead punk's not dead you know Louisville is death we've got to up and move because the dead do not Improve Goodbye users and suckers and Steady bad luckers We're off to the land of Club soda unbridled We're off to the land of Hot middle aged women Off to the land whose blood runneth orange Marry me and leave Kentucky and come to Tennessee You're the only Tennessee You're the only Tennessee Honky-tonks for man, man enough to be Mr. Mrs. Tennessee Mr. Mrs. Tennessee JD, you might be fucked in the head right now, but you still didn't step on it. That's all right. So this comes from the Tennessee EP, which is the next record we're going to cover because it came out on November 5th uh, of 20, 
1.01, and Bright Flight comes out on November 20th. So we got to go in chronological order. You know, we can't fuck around here. Chronological order. There is not a lot out there about the Tennessee EP, however. So that's a bit of a drag. Uh, obviously, we're listening to Tennessee right now, which is also on Bright Flight, track number eight. Um, there's three other songs on the EP. Long, Long Gone, I'm Gonna Love the Hell Out of You and Turn Your Guns Around. Um, we'll cover those in the coming weeks. Um, obviously, you can hear the this song is probably the most heavily arranged song by dint of the fact that there are so many instruments going on in this song uh you've got some keys you got a piano you got a guitar you got a slag guitar you've got bass you've got drums you've got cassie's beautiful voice uh and then of course david singing singing his guts out the song uh, is depressing as fuck <laughs> and it's the good kind of depressing as fuck not the stuff that happens in your brains but the good stuff it starts out so so sad sounding you know i saw the river playing in the valley but a beautiful imagery just beautiful uh i think it's like absolutely gorgeous and then in the second verse you get her doorbell plays a bar of Stephen Foster. Stephen Foster is a composer from the 1800s, uh, known as the father of American music. Uh, and he wrote like, ah, I don't know the songs. Um, oh, Susanna. Um, there was a couple other ones I recognized, but he wrote over like, he wrote over like a hundred songs or something. Like it, he had a, good career and it was in the 1880s um is when he was born or is that when he died uh, i don't know uh <laughs> uncool and underqualified to the bitter fucking end uh, yeah i like this song a lot and of course you you start with that iconic lyric punk rock died when the first punk said punk's not dead punk's not dead and i just fucked up that lyric but um punk rock died when the first kid said punk's not dead punk's not dead uh obviously they're in kentucky uh they're in louisville and he says it's death we've got to up and move because the dead do not improve just crazy and then you know he's talking up nashville it's the land of club soda unbridled and the land of hot middle-aged women a place where blood runneth orange. I, I, I don't know about that so much. Um, <laughs> but you get the idea. Uh, yeah, I just think the idea of David wanting to move to Nashville and make a career um, as a writer is something I can relate to. Uh, I didn't want to go to Nashville per se, but I went to L.A. And then uh, for, for like a dream type job. And then I went to San Francisco for like a corporate type job. Um, both of which I stayed for about three months and flaked out. So there's that. I wanted to, in light of today, I want to let you in on a little bit more of me and 
that way, if worst comes to worst, or worst comes to worst, however you say that, worst comes to worst. I think it's worst comes to worst. That's what it is. Yeah. Which just makes sense. Worst comes to worst. Uh, and I'm not here next week. Then I'm going to share something, a poem that I wrote. And it's also inspired by Nashville, but it's sort of in lieu of sunny California and dreams and wishes that I once had. So here it is. It's called Nashville. And it's written by JD. I should have moved to Nashville when I was 23. Now I'm 47. Time just slipped by me. I should have played the sixth string and wrote about my girl. She's what kept me from my dreams of playing music for the world. And I'll be okay, friends. I can see where this all begins and I can see the end. And I'll be walking backwards, being careful not to fall. If I walk back far enough until I'm sure I've got it all. If I had left for Tennessee, would you have written to me so I could read your heartbreak? Or would you remember me? If I got on that Greyhound with all the money that I had, where would I be right now? And would you still be feeling sad? But here I am, and there you are, and we don't talk about that time much. We don't wish upon the stars because the light they send us is too bright for me to see anything before 47 and after 23. That's called Nashville. Let's go to a poem by a real poet. This is David Berman from his book, Actual Air. This is self-portrait at age 28. Nope. <laughs> Fuck, man, I am just messing everything up. Self-portrait at 28. This is part six, the last part of this poem. That's a little eerie to me. I'm sorry. Fuck. Here it is. I can't trust the accuracy of my own memories, many of them having blended with sentimental telephone and margarine commercials plainly ruined by Madison Avenue, though no one seems to call the advertising world Madison Avenue anymore. Have they moved? I need an update on this. But first, I have some business to take care of. I walked out to the hill behind our house, which looks positively Alaskan today, and it would be easier to explain this if I had a picture to show you. But I was with our young dog, and he was running through the tall grass, like running through the tall grass, is all of life together, until a bird calls or he finds a beer can and that thing fills all the space in his head. You see, his mind can only hold one thought at a time, and when he finally hears me call his name, he looks up and cocks his head. For a single moment, my voice is everything. Self-Portrait at 28 Well, what do you think? Shoot me an email, jd at meetingmalchemist.com. I would love to hear what you think of self-portrait at 28. That's it. That's the whole thing. Next week, I will release 
uh, non-abridged version without the edits. And you'll get to hear the whole thing in one sitting. So there's that. I don't have much to say about this last piece. It's obviously very good, as is the rest of it. I don't feel entirely like it wraps things up. Maybe that's just me and my stupidity. I don't know. What do you think? Let me know. Because that's all I got for you this week. Sorry again for being so heavy. Stay hungry. Stay foolish. Wash your goddamn hands. And I love you. The Berman Project is a production of Duvra Podcasts and Such. You can find out more about the show at www.thebermanproject.xyz. That's right. I'm fucking Canadian. I'm also social. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and all the rest at Berman Project. Podcasts and such. <laughs>